innovation, sustainability, building with wood, reducing our footprint, and all the benefits of using natural products to create natural value. This is Discovering Our Fiber. Creating natural value, this is our fiber. To build is to imagine, it is pushing the limits of what is possible. At CMPC, we want to be part of building the future, delivering sustainable solutions to the world. With 100 years of history, we invite you to be part of our next journey with a clear goal to create natural value for a more sustainable planet. I'm Raquel Tomas. And I am Felipe Magovki. And we're the hosts of Discovering Our Fiber, a podcast from CMPC. Welcome to the second episode of a two-part series where we discuss sustainability and creating natural value. In this series, we focus on how two large sustainability-driven companies in the forestry sector have managed to take on what CMPC calls an expedition, a journey that will ultimately lead us to running a business that is completely sustainable. Hi, Felipe. How are you today? Hello, Raquel. I'm great. Looking forward for this episode. After our first great expedition exploring some of the main SDG and challenge CMPC and Warehouse Chair, can you give us an overview of what we will be talking about in this new episode? Let's bring the compass for our listeners. In this episode, we continue our conversation with Nicholas and Ara and delve a little deeper into the following topics. The management of sustainable forests, the challenge the forestry industry is facing with public trust, the growing need for more innovation in forestry, and we will learn about some exciting ideas that are in progress that will help the forestry industry better connect with the public. Well, welcome back, Nicolás and Ara. In our last episode, you guys spoke about the lack of public trust and how we need to educate and make people more aware of how sustainability forests are managed. Could you explain a little bit more on what sustainable forest management looks like? There's large companies in the world that manage, you know, vast amounts of forests like Weyerhaeuser, um, for example, in the United States. But we're truly um, not the majority of land managers and land owners and land stewards. And the, the types of communities and people and organizations and um groups and and governments and uh, that manage forests for so many different reasons is incredibly diverse and varied. And um, we, for, for example, in our supply chain um, or in our operations, we buy wood from ourselves. So we grow, we grow, manage forests and grow for timber and take that those logs and move them to our mills. But our mills also buy from um, other landowners like us or smaller landowners or, um, and then they also buy from somebody who might just own a couple acres <laughs> and um, they're able to feed their wood like a small farmer, um, but as you know, a, a forest landowner or forest manager feed their wood into a very large, complex global supply chain. And our, I think that one of the strengths of the program that we participate in the United States um, North America is the Sustainable Forestry Initiative's fiber sourcing program. And that is helping really improve forest management on all lands that we source from, whether or not they're large landowners like us, or they are um, a small landowner who has a couple acres. And that fiber sourcing program um, requires us to work collaboratively with others in our supply chain to um, 
to really help all landowners and those who help those landowners manage their forests, so the consultors and consulting foresters and the loggers, um, to do better forestry and practice better forestry. And then when that wood then flows into our mills, um, we can tell our customers um, that those the all the products we produce whether the wood came from warehousers own lands or someone else's lands meets a certain standard and i think that is really important in a supply chain like ours i don't think anyone questions that in the agricultural space you know you know that your coffee beans might come from a small coffee grower or your raspberries might come from 15 different or if you make salsa, you're gonna come from 15 different tomato farmers. Um, and I think in sometimes in the forest space, people think that the piece of wood that is going into a home or a building um, is only coming from one type of forest. And that's just really um, not true. We, we mix a lot of wood um, in our mills. And depending on what kind of products we're making, like a piece of paper, for example, it could come from so many different places. And so we need to make certain we have the programs in place that track that material. So we have good confidence around where it's coming from and what types of forests it's originating from and how, and then ultimately, how do we help all land managers and stewards around the world do better and improve and, um, and, you know, more responsible and more sustainable forestry. And we really can only do that working with our partners, with our peers, um, sometimes with our competitors, um, so that we're helping improve the overall, the whole system. And I think if we can focus on that, I think we could gain a lot of trust. Um, and we could also really start to show that we are trying to help, you know, all forests and all communities um, be more sustainable um, in the long run. And I, I, that is one of the incredible strengths of our sector. And I do wish that we were able to show that a little bit more um, and really um, be proud of the incredible networks that we have and then the relationships we need to continue building. I, I just want to jump in there because I, I don't know this is if this is because I work in sustainability, but but you know what you're saying about traceability areas is absolutely critical when it comes to transparency and, and making sure that those those standards are are are, are for real and are, are kept also throughout the, the entire chain of custody of, 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 of uh, timber as well, right? And, uh, but, but also, I, I wonder if, if consumers find, you know, a value or even interesting whether, where, where things come from, you know, if, and I'll use this as an example. When you go to a restaurant and you order chicken, do you ever wonder where that, chicken actually came from is, you know, sometimes, you know, because explicitly the restaurant will say, well, this is sourced locally and it comes from, you know, X, X farm or X place. But typically that's not the case. Typically you don't question that and you just, you know, are wondering, is it going to be tasty or, or, or not? Right. But I'll take this to the extreme, which is something I also think when I get to travel for work is you get a chicken on a flight and, and that plane is probably stopped in airports all over the world you know where where is actually this chicken coming from was did it get on board in Santiago when I got on board or that it came from so I think that idea as 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 humans as you know where are actually the things that I consume the things that I'm in contact with you know where do they come from and who made them and how were they made is fundamentally something that 
the general public, if, if there is interest in, 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 in when you say, yes, I do think that, you know, sustainability is important. I do think that I would be able, I would, I would, you know, choose always sustainable products in, 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 in favor of those that are not, if, if given that they, you know, their, their attributes are comparable and their prices are similar and all, all the other things, right? I would always choose that. But what does it really mean to choose that? I think it means that you, that you know about the, these things, like, for example, where does it come from and who made it and how do they make it, etc. So, so I think there's also sort of this consumer-facing aspect of that that is, that is also important to, again, sort of generate this sort of snowball effect that we're all in it and we all are, are contributing from different areas to, to the value of, of behaving in, in, a, in a more sustainable way. I think motivating more people to be curious about where things come from and to make purchasing decisions based on ethical and sustainable business practices is an additional challenge. But sometimes motivation is not the problem. There are times when sustainability sourced products are simply not available or too expensive. So we buy the next best thing, regardless of how it's made or where it comes from. Just building on that for a moment, I as as much as I and I think I started us down this path of transparency, or maybe, um, and I think it's critically important. So I don't want to diminish that that need, and the need to tell um, to really show and prove to our customers and our consumers where materials coming from. But I also think we we could end up in a spot where we are not um, focused on how do we really help meet the needs of the world. Um, in the best ways that we can, using the least resources that we can, and having the most minimal negative impact and most positive impact we can have. And in in reality, the world is going to have billions of more people on the planet um, soon, facing incredible mounting challenges from a changing climate, and um, and uh, larger and larger gaps between um, or you know inequalities in the world. And I think that the forest sector and the products we make, both the forests we manage and the products we make, have a really important role in meeting some basic needs of the world, such as a shelter, someone, some a place for someone to live, um, basic hygienic products that are needed for health and well-being of the world. And we can do that in a way that is um, responsible and coming from renewable resource that that the world that the planet can actually sustain and and generate the material needed for the world and balance all of the competing demands we have of the world we have a limited land base on this um you know speck of a planet we are in in the universe and forestry can 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 and does you know if done well can can provide that material and provide those resources um to really meet our growing demand of humans. And I often end up in conversations sometimes with our um, customers who want a very specific type of um, maybe certification or a, or a specific sort of demand of, or a request of transparency, which I which we are 100% supportive of, but we need to make certain we're also not making a product that is only available to um, a select few on the, in, on the planet. And so I think our push for transparency and our push for um, understanding and credibility and trust also needs to be balanced with how do we ensure that the products we're making are useful, 
um, responsibly made, coming from renewable resources that can be sustained for many, many generations and meeting the needs of, of a very rapidly changing globe. And forestry can 100% do that. I'll just say good forestry can. Um, and it's really up to companies like ours, you know, CMPC and Warehouser and others to to help show that that's possible, that you can create these products, you can do them well, you can have incredible forests rich with biodiversity and clean water, you can be helping solve climate change, and you can be helping produce materials that um, meet the demands of what our world and society um, have, and then what the planet has, because I think it's a two-way street. We are able to, if I think about sort of sustainable development, how do we, you know, balance societal needs with what the planet can produce and then and vice versa how do we balance what the planet needs with what society can provide and we are too um interlinked um to, to be separated anymore it's truly a a, a a full relationship that humans have with the natural world and one of the th reasons i love forestry is that we get to do that every day and we get to practice that every day and we get to get better at that relationship every day and I think if we can build that into our transparency and into our kind of supply chain um, promises that we make, I think we'll gain both a lot of trust and we will also meet the the needs of the world in the ever-changing place we're in. Wow, that was very much me, like on a philosophical soapbox. Um, but I, I worry sometimes that we, we're going to, we're focused so much on sort of a specific, unique product for um, maybe only those who can afford it. And I'd like to make certain that our products continue to meet the needs of, of everybody and help reduce some of those inequalities that exist today. We're all seeing more options on the shelves of products made from sustainable or renewable materials, but I feel like we still have a long way to go. What is your perception regarding a challenge like this? You know, I think any any time in history, we probably were always as humanity faced with with huge challenges. But at the same time, that that you know opened up a a, a big box of opportunities, and 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 maybe the challenges today are 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 you know the biggest that that we faced, uh, or at least that's that's what we we think right now. But uh, you know, I I these pressures on land, these pressures on on nature. On, on resources and, and on people's well-being are really pushing companies to to sort of transform themselves and 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 look at the way they do business. So, you know, it's sort of a chicken and the egg here. Is was would it, would have this happened had we not had these pressures? Maybe to some extent, but but maybe not. You know, widely understood and recognized as as sort of the sense of urgency that we have today. It's it's not ideal. We 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 wouldn't want to always act on sort of a response type of of behavior, but but that's kind of human condition, right? We we typically act uh, under stress. Um, but 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 looking at sort of the glass half full is, you know, what is the innovation? What are what are we 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 do live in times where population is is growing at a at a rate that we've never seen before in 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 our history in humanity um so these pressures are, are really growing like we've never seen them before but at the same time um let's look at technology we have technology that we've never had before so how can we use that technology to our benefit how can we use that technology for the science, how can we use that technology for the products that we make? How can we use that technology to enhance the awareness and the understanding of people? Right. Um, so I think 
Um, I, th I think that we we always need to look at both ends of the spectrum, right? There's there's a huge challenge ahead, but at the same time, that opens enormous opportunities. And the private sector, particularly in in our industry, as Arawell said, the forest sector has is extremely well positioned to harness a lot of these opportunities, apply them, and become just an integral uh, integral part of of, of human well-being, right? Um, so if we do things well, we can do them pretty much, you know, to perpetuity and, and we can provide solutions to a lot of the challenges. Um, the, uh, you know, some people hear people saying we need to stop growing today, you know, and we, and we need to, and this is the way that we'll face the climate challenge. But, 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 but last year or, or in 2020 with the pandemic, we saw uh, at, for some months, we saw a good part of the world really in quarantines, in their homes, economies really stalled. And, and, and really, we didn't see the numbers in terms of emissions drop you know, by 90%. We just saw them drop by 10%. So what does that tell us? What is telling us that stopping is not an option. What it's telling us is that what actually we need is to do things differently. And we need innovation and we need new types of products and we need companies in our sector to really develop the next generation of solutions that will not only um, satisfy those very fundamental uh, necessities uh, that, that Arrow is speaking to, uh, to, to, to you know, enhance uh, our quality of lives as, as human beings, but also simultaneously, they are delivering those solutions that we need for the challenges around nature loss, inequality, and, and the climate crisis. It is not around stop growing, stop you know capitalism, stop investing. It is more about how do we do that. So I think that's that's really um, what at CMPC we 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 turned 100 year old company a few years ago, and we've been thinking of what do we see ourselves as a company for the next 100 years. I think it's definitely there. It's it's not that we want to stop growing. It's just that we want to grow in a way where we're really delivering those solutions the world needs. Yeah, Nicholas, as you were talking, I was thinking about when someone asks me like, "What's the innovation we need in our sector?" and I often say we need more. Um, kind of real-time data um, so that our forest managers, our mill operators, our supply chain, you know, our transportation um, uh, teams can make better decisions quicker because, and that's, that's where technology comes in. And, um, you know, there's a couple examples of things we've been working on as a sector and uh, not just at Warehouser, but everything from how do you get a tree to grow larger and faster and bigger, but still provide the same quality of wood and protecting all of the same benefits from those forests at the same time. So we're not gonna grow our trees so fast or so big that they don't, then the forests don't provide the incredible biodiversity benefits or that we lack quality of the wood. Um, and we've been working on that for years, but how do we really make that happen faster um, and at broader scales? So not just in certain plots, but across all, productive working forests. And then in our mills, you know, our mills focus all the time on things like reliability. And in their minds, that's just how do you keep the mill running reliably so you don't have, um, you know, times where it's not operating as efficiently as it can. And how are you working on things like recovery, meaning um, making certain that you're using as, you know, the most amount of 
wood fiber that went in, you're being able to come out as finished product on the other side. Those are basic sustainability concepts. They don't think about it that way. It's reliability and recovery. But if we're able to use better technology to measure reliability and recovery and then implement those practices, not just in one mill, but we have 36 mills. So quickly deploy those new improvements across 36 mills overnight. That would be, those are the types of transformational shifts that will really help our companies succeed in the future, but ultimately help us continue to be able to provide this incredible resource into the world and do it sustainably. Um, and I think that is truly where technology can come into play. Um, and we are using, we are doing that. It's not like we're not, of course we are, but I think those are areas where we're just beginning and we just are starting to really understand how more technology and more information can help us make better real-time decisions. And then I think there's leading companies that start using it and it becomes best practice. And then other companies are using it and smaller companies are using it. Um, and the rest of the supply chain is able to benefit from it. Um, I think that's that it's really building a culture of innovation and building a culture of um trusting the technology that's going to help us get there and then then deploying it and testing it rapidly. I think that is a great topic for another podcast, especially using technology to keep track of our footprint. Oh man, that would be amazing. Nicolás Enara, in that sense, what do you think is preventing us from moving faster and reaching the sustainability goals? That is a really good question and a hard one. <laughs> Um, I sometimes think that we get in our own way, <laughs> like that we're the, we are the hindrance to our progress sometimes, um, in that we are still trying every day to sort of prove that what we do is, um, is and can be done sustainably and is a good thing for the, can be done and if done well, is a good thing for the world. And it's almost like in that in that space, if we're always in that space of sort of trying to prove something, then we're coming from a very kind of defensive posture. And I think if we are able to sort of put ourselves in a different mindset, which is we have incredible value to bring to the world and do, and we're doing that. And we have great things we're working on and great things we're going to continue to do across our sector. And We are going to work collaboratively with all of the other actors, companies, policymakers who want to be um, driving progress, not just for progress sake, but for driving improvements in the world. And I, I think if we put ourselves in that mindset, we can accomplish amazing things together. And if we, if we sort of get out of the defensive place and go into that, how do we really solve these challenges together? And I, I think CMPC and especially others, part of the Forest Solutions Group, we're in that mindset. We're constantly trying to say, what can we do better together? But that, that's not the world we're always operating in. And um, oftentimes it feels like we're back in this sort of defensive space of trying to kind of protect something or protect a way of being. And... Um, So I think if we can move to that positive space, we're going to be able to do great things with the world together. I think one one challenge we sometimes have and where we may be slow for progress is that the resource that we manage, at least from warehousers' perspective, takes multiple decades to grow. <laughs> and so uh, a, a change that we might make in year two of planting, we may not see the benefit of that until year 40. Um, and people don't stay in roles from for 40 years. And so we're constantly um, building off of 
technology improvements and innovations that happened multiple decades before, and then trying to see if they worked and then repeating the process and kind of integrating it in. And I think that means that we need much better information about what happened every, you know, in the past to inform decisions that we're making today. And that's where I do think technology and information and data um, can really help us, but it needs to not be stuff that's every 20 years or 30 years. Today's world expects us to have data and information from yesterday or from a second ago. And some of our systems and data collection processes and um, and measurements of benefits only happen on very long cycles, like five or 10 or 15 years or 20 years. And in today's world, that's just not that's not possible to continue to gain credibility, continue to drive innovation and continue to bring a whole world forward together. And so I think that our efforts have been slow in some places because we need to invest heavily in um, more frequent um, information. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a, a tough question. I, I think that, you know, um, we we spend a lot of time trying to make that that, you know, argue why why sustainability is important and at the same time we're saying but but it's also very complicated right so we're saying it's hugely important yet it's so complicated <laughs> so you're you're sort of in a bind right there and so i think one one thing we need to understand is that you know perfection might might slow things down and and you know today is sort of the the motto of the for, of the World Business Council for Sustainable Development is it's time to transform, right? So we're reaching that point where we've been discussing for many years in our sector and and in in corporate sustainability in general. You know, what what are the right you know KPIs that we need to report on, and what are and and a lot of this is is theory, and and I think we've reached a point where it's more about you know what we we need to act on things, right? And and as Ira was saying, in in many in many aspects of particularly the forestry cycle, if we act today, we won't see those benefits um, for the next 10, 15, 20, even forty years, right? Um, but but I think there's a number of other aspects uh, in areas where where we can act and and we can see some some quick returns and I and I I would argue that that's extremely important. It's it's important to have sort of those quick wins that low hanging fruit on a on a continuous basis to really never lose momentum um, and and. And, and you know, try to sort of, I guess, put 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 your eggs in, in many different baskets because because um, there's definitely going to be areas where things will be will be slow, and and particularly I'm thinking around let's say goals, you know, around for example climate change and where you're relying maybe on on specific technologies to really reach that maturity or that scalability or that cost. That, that makes it a reality for your company, you, you just can't sit around for the next, you know, 10, 15 years waiting for that to become a reality. So I think you need to have um, a broad a range of, 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 um, of, of, you know, uh, goals and strategies that, that really are pushing, I guess, your, your sustainability efforts at large. Um, but, um, you know, with, with, with that said, I, I think we also, um, and, and I, I guess going back to some of the theory, but I think we also have frameworks and 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 international frameworks that are that are helping us to to gain momentum and speed and 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 apply, uh, you know, a much more sort of rigorous approach 
um, than, than we ever had before. So initiatives like science-based targets um, or, or the, these tasks of force on, on financial disclosures, whether it's climate or whether it's nature, are global frameworks that particularly are going to help our sector because we are a land-based sector. Um, and we are a huge player in sort of the, the, the climate uh, crisis. Um, it, it will help us to frame uh, the work that we're doing in, in globally and internationally recognized initiatives. And it will give us the frameworks to report on. And, and it will give us, uh, you know, and, and it will be time bound with, with, with uh, certain dates where, where we actually need to, to meet our, our, our goals. So I think there's also there's also frameworks that are that are existing today that are helping us as a, as as a sector and as companies in the fourth sector to deliver on on specific dates and and it's helping us to to sort of get away from that from that um, sometimes state of, of of not moving forward too quickly. Nicholas, you said something that I thought was so great and I've been thinking about a lot lately is the difference between complicated versus complexity and complicated often means like I have a complicated problem I need to work through. And if I just kind of get my ducks in a row or I add up A, B and C, I'll get to D because it's it's a complicated problem. But there's usually like a solution at the end of a complicated problem. And complexity is that there are just so many interrelated relationships and inputs and factors. And I think forestry is one of the most complex um, sectors and complex the, it, we are just we we live in complexity. We live in systems thinking. We live in circularity. And if you ever try to di draw a diagram of what we do, it's like a giant spaghetti. And some of us in the world can sort of be okay in complexity. And there's a word I think I heard somewhere of like in complexity, you want to try to be constantly learning and adapting, trying new things, learning and adapting, and trying new things and learning and adapting. And that's sort of con you know in reverse to complicated, meaning you like work through your solution and you get your, your problem, you get to a solution. And I think if we can really embrace the complexity of what we do yet show that we are constantly adapting and providing new solutions, multiple solutions, but it's never going to be the same solution. So today's solution is not going to necessarily be the same one in 30 years or tomorrow maybe, but we're going to continue to adapt and learn and manage for all of the complexity that we might have and I think if we can express that rather than saying to the world, we're just really, it's so complicated because often that's our answer. It's too complicated. Um, it's not that it's too complicated. It's just super complex and that's okay. We're going to, within that complexity, we're going to figure out real solutions. And I think that's, that's what gets me coming to work every day. And I think that's why we, that's why those of us who are part of the four solutions group, for example, keep coming. Um, but we're not trying to necessarily like solve a complicated problem. We're trying to operate and manage in a complex relationship and environment. And I think forestry is just the best possible place to practice that. And the products we make, I hope people one day will get there, can see the complexity of what it took to get it to them. <laughs> um, and we appreciate it and we value it. And we value the product, and we value it, the forest where it comes from and, and know that there isn't just one solution. Um, that's Those are my kind of, my, I guess my, summary points from our conversation today <laughs> <laughs> i i love that embrace the, the you know the complex of it and and work from there adapting and learning and continue moving forward so i think you know after the pandemic which is clear you know we need to adapt 
and keep learning and trying different things to you know to move forward. So, dear Raquel, we are getting almost to the to the deadline of our conversation. So maybe we can think in one magic or or final question, you know, for the for the takeout. I would say that in the mindset of uh, you know how customer make companies change as well. I mean, big corporation, you know, we are devoted for our shareholders. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we need to be profitable. Um, so, it's, you know, it's a trade-off, of course, you know, to make that mindset. I mean, we want to do good, but also now the, the challenge, you know, is not just do good, but do great. So in, in that sense, you know, I don't know if maybe one of your last uh, thoughts or comments could be regarding the customer part, you know. Our customer, you know, more into that, you know, entering to a house and say, hey, that board molding or plywood, you know, is coming from, you know, sustainable forest. That's great. I will pay a little bit more. Or, you know, does the maybe big players as Amazon in this effort to build the smart houses maybe can change the game? Yeah, I would, I would, um, kind of building off of what I talked about earlier in complexity is I think our shareholders, our employees, our customers, um, if we can embrace the kind of curiosity of where our products come from and be willing to understand where they come from and the impacts of where they come from um, and what it means to be using those products um, or investing in a company like ours, I think curiosity is going to help us um, manage in this very complex world we're in today. And, and then it's not about trade-offs of are we doing something good or bad versus uh, profit, but are we are we creating the products that the world needs? Are we creating the returns that our shareholders need? Um, are they curious about how we are managed, um, whether that's whether our shareholders are curious or whether our customers are curious? I think that's going to help us all create better products, manage our companies, um, you know, continue to manage our companies and adapt um, over time. I think both CMPC and Warehouse are good examples of two companies that have been around for a very long time. And that's because we've can, we've always adapted and we'll continue to adapt. And I think if we bring a kind of curiosity-based mindset into how we operate, whether you're the person buying a piece of wood to build your deck or your house, or you're buying a piece of paper, where it came from, how it got there, what your impact is, and then our shareholders the same. They ask us those questions today and they're going to continue to. Um, that's what makes our, I think, our our work exciting um, and um, interesting for the long run. I think it's important letting our customers know that they're getting more than just the product. There's value in supporting a company that's doing good things for the environment and the world. Communicating this would also help spark some curiosity and engagement. Yeah, I, I think bringing awareness of, of the value chain of the fourth sector to, to the, you know, the, the customer, the final consumers is hugely important. You know, understanding everything from that little seedling in, in, in a, you know, in a nursery and, and all the way to the final product, whether it's, you know, packaging or, or tissue product or timber for, for construction. You know, I think understanding really um, all the steps um, is 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 very important. At CMPC, we we have uh, what what we what we named the Fiber Lab, which is a, a lab we have in a few of uh, of our um, headquarter buildings in, in in Chile, and we we are, we bring children um, um, from middle school to to understand again the sort of basic notion of paper making, which which 
I guess with with the world today, with technology, with everything, it seems like we're we're always we keep getting more removed from from the soil and, and nature and how things are made, sort of in a, in a traditional way. So we we love that experience because it shows children how something so simple as paper uh, is made, but also all the other you know products that that come from 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 forests. I think another. Another key thing to understand is is what is our definition of customer? You know, in in the case of our mills and and, and facil- manufacturing facilities, many many times our own collaborators, our own employees, happen to also be our neighbors and happen to also be our customers, right? So that's really interesting because because you can have sometimes one one individual is is actually three or four different types of of, of stakeholder and and one of them is a consumer as well, and and what we're trying to do in in, in parts of Brazil and parts of Chile is we want to open some of our forests and I think Ari you mentioned sort of opening our mills to to people to see what we do and how we do it, we're we're using that idea also in our forests so we want forests to be areas where people can come in and 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 you know do tourism and and have recreation and and be a part of of, uh, of those environments that that more and more specifically with the pandemic I, I, just people want it to be in nature right so I think opening forests to people it will allow companies to to have an opportunity of engagement and showing and sort of educating and, and telling that story of this is where those products, you know, that that paper bag that you love instead of the plastic bag, or or you know, or the the building made of wood that you like versus the sort of cold, you know, steel or or concrete building. These these products come from these forests, and these forests have a number of other benefits. Uh, there are biodiversity, there are ecosystem services, including those that are that are important for people. You know, whether it's spiritual, whether it's tourism, whether it's recreational. So I think opening forests again is is another huge opportunity that particularly we're working on to make sure that our customer again is very connected to to what we do and 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 sort of understand the entire value chain of of, of our industry. That's awesome. I mean, we can stay there the whole long morning. I mean, I've been enjoying it. Thank you so much, guys. Yes, thank you. Thank you for the invitation to join you today. It's been wonderful. Thanks, everyone. Great conversation. Hopefully we can do this again. This is Discovering Our Fiber, a CMPC production.